When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and today I am joined by Pete Blackburn. Pete, what is up? Hey, buddy. How are you? I am good. How about you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. I like the abs hat coordinated with the the maroon sweatshirt. It's like mm-hmm. hearkening to my UMass love. Uh, so I, I appreciate that. That's a, I like the I like the getup you got going on. Yeah, of course. With the uh, with the new show, we've been like stocking up on NHL stuff. Like not just Bruins, not just Bruins merch. We got merch for like basically every team. So uh, no matter what color I'm wearing, I have a matching NHL hat that I can throw on with it, which is nice. Well, I you know it's funny. I was whenever I see the clips or I I, I watch the pod on YouTube, um, I'm always there's always a part of me that's a little stressed out because. To, and this is gonna sound dumb, but like when we when I do this, I can throw on a sweatshirt. I could be wearing jeans, sweatpants, no pants maybe if I'm really feeling crazy. That has never actually happened. But on on what chaos? You a little you guys, spicy here on a Friday, huh? <laughs> on a Friday morning, right? Uh, no, I've never not worn pants. Uh, that was always a fear of mine. Like Zoom classes, like I'd always have like good pants on because I'm like, what? Like, you know, what if they have me stand up and show that I'm like wearing khakis or something? Um, but with what cast you have like you gotta wear you gotta look good you gotta have like good shoes on you gotta have like solid pants you know you can't just like scrub it up in there and so you must have to have your whole wardrobe kind of like you know done up well I mean the the thing is you just gotta look like you you care and you try like and and that doesn't necessarily mean you gotta dress up like I wear sweatpants True. basically every episode but it's like I don't wear gray sweatpants because number one they're that that leaves little room for imagination sometimes. Uh, true. But also, true. <laughs> like, I feel like gray sweatpants have the uh, the appearance of being, like, the sloppy or, like, the lazy sweatpants. Agreed. So I wear, like, black joggers. I wear, like, different colored joggers and stuff like that. So f- bridging the gap between comfortable and, like, looking presentable. Yeah. No, that's a good – I think that's – I like that the best. I agree with you. I think if you had to wear, like – khakis and a dress shirt or something like that it would be way too much yeah uh, like the but, vibe of the show is casual like yes it's, it's very chill and and uh like an approachable hockey show so yeah i think if you go back and you watch like the first week of shows maybe i i like wore jeans and like was a little bit more dressed up and then after a week i was like this is this is enough i'm done with yeah. this. sweatpants <laughs> yeah. please 
Yeah, I and there like there's a lot of sweatpants you can get out there that are not like scrubbing it up sweatpants mm-hmm. like that are just like tipping to normal. That was one of the normal. good things about the pandemic. The pandemic like really kind of uh, pushed forward the the athleisure wear and like yes. the comfort pants and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, that now there's like a million companies that make super high quality sweatpants and joggers and all that. Well, even like I have khakis from like Lululemon and stuff. And those feel like sweatpants. It's really it's weird. Money bags I'm like, over here. I know, freaking just rolling in money. You know, <laughs> I got my go- my gold watch. I had on, and I took it off actually. Uh, but like those feel like sweatpants, mm-hmm. and you put them on, and they feel weird, but they, they look good and they feel good. So that's all that uh, that matters. Uh, anyways, Bruins. We got we do have to talk a little bit of Bruins. I know what chaos is not a Bruins podcast, but this is. So we got to discuss. Bruins. Had to in- had to inject some uh, some grab ass at the top with Bruins. Please. That's. I, I always love when uh, you guys were mentioned on Felger and Maz recently, and and Felger's like that's that's too much grab ass for me. I I, I, I can't do the, the grab ass, you know. You gotta, that's right. What, what are they gonna talk about the one two two and stuff, which I, I got a <laughs> kick out of. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, when are you gonna talk about the benefits of the one two two versus the one three one? I think that's compelling stuff. You guys just you're afraid to talk about. It. I mean, let's that's right. Here. We're cowards. Yeah. You cowards, cowards. That's exactly it. Uh, but anyways, Bruins have won five of six. Five mm-hmm. of six. Uh, they won in Ottawa on Thursday night. Uh, they had a little hiccup against the Hurricanes on Wednesday. They've had a weird schedule this week. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. But then uh, after Saturday's game, they're off for uh, a week. Um, in the past six games, I know they had a little skid before out west. Um, have, have your feelings changed on the Bruins at all? Yeah, they actually weeks? have. I, I won't lie. Like I was heading into like this kind of stretch thinking that there was really, like, no best team in the Eastern Conference. Like, in my mind, the Eastern Conference was wide open. And, um, you know, in 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 large part, I still think that it, that's kind of true. But if there is a team, it's definitely the Bruins. That stands above the rest. Um, I've been impressed with how they've been winning games. Specifically, like, the Ottawa game last night was crazy to me. It reminded me of the, um, of the, the game last year against Calgary, where it's like, this team for sure did not deserve to win this game. And no. like they, oh my everything God. was stacked against them and they still found a way to win the game and do it in a way that was like to steal a word from what cast like galvanizing, even though the Bruins didn't necessarily need to be galvanized, but like the fact that they came away from Ottawa with that win, especially uh, after um, a, a, a loss the previous night, Really, really impressive. It makes you feel good about this team and where they are right now. So, yeah, I do think that they are the the best team in the Eastern Conference. And that, to, to me right now, is not really debatable. I agree because uh, the East has kind of underwhelmed at times. I mean, mm-hmm. other teams like the Flyers have kind of come to the forefront that we didn't really expect. But the Hurricanes aren't playing to the level that I think everyone thought they would. Um, and you even look at in the East, like the Panthers are right behind the Bruins, but the Lightning have struggled at times. The Leafs have not been without their struggles. Um, the Rangers are in a crazy skid. Like they're not looking good. Islanders had to go and hire Patrick Waugh. Like, when is Waugh, when is Patrick Waugh going on what chaos? I think that's what the people are really wondering. Um, but I, to me, like, I, throughout the year, I, I talked about this with you earlier this season. Like, I I kept being like, they're a cool story, the Bruins are. But I, I do I think they are a favorite? No. But that I agree with you. It's changed. 
with the landscape, with the way the rest of the East is, with the way the Bruins are playing, with the ascension of guys like Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka down the middle. Uh, I mean, Coyle is playing, the, I've said this every week, I think, for the last like three months. He's playing the best hockey he's ever played. I know everybody looks at that 2017 season as like his career best. He, you know, knock on wood, is going to soar past that this season. And I, I, to me, like, I just think they are, they work. You know, they have the goalie tandem in net. Uh, I want to get to Swayman in a little bit, but like in terms of being a cup contender, I've said all along, I don't look at them as that, which is crazy to think, but I just, there were flaws in this team. There were holes there. were You know, you look at last year, you know, no Bergeron, no Krejci. They're a, they're a legit cup contender. I think, I, I think the page has turned on that in that there, it is not just, oh, get in the playoffs and see what happens. It is get in the playoffs and you sh- are expected to go deep. I think the things I think the expectations have changed with this team. Yeah, I'm it's I'm in a weird spot where like uh, I I think that they should go deep and it will be disappointing if they don't again based off of like what else there is in the Eastern Conference. But obviously there's there's plenty of time for that to change and we'll see kind of where we are at the end of the season um with kind of how some of these other teams in the East have rebounded or you know kind of shaped up with deadline acquisitions things like that. But like the Bruins should should be able to make a run this year. I still don't know if I look at them as being like a real cup contender, just in the sense that like I'm trying to limit my expectations. And also I think that there are several teams in the Western conference that are better than them. So like obviously only one of those teams can come out of the Western conference if they were to meet in the Stanley cup final. And by then that remaining team might be banged up, whatever. Like you can, you can say all these things. It's just like, I think the Bruins are the best team in the Eastern conference, but like, they're like maybe three, four in the league. Yeah. But I still put that in cup contender territory. Yeah, and fair. I think, I think they have played them. I mean, if you're going to finish on January 26th, if you're going to be first in the East, you know, vying for uh best team in the NHL points wise, you should go on a run. Like I am getting to that point where it's like, all right, if you're going to keep playing this good, you should continue that in the playoffs. It should be expected that you continue that in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they have, they've hit that. And I didn't see that all along. I thought, you know, they would hit longer skids. Um, obviously they're not the, the, you know, uh, scorched earth type team. They were at least mm-hmm. in the regular season that they were last year. Maybe that's um, a good thing. Maybe that's a good thing. Last, no, last year they, thing. they didn't play a playoff game uh, for like the entirety of the regular season. And now I feel like, some of these games during the regular season have felt like playoff games and have felt like they've needed to really grind it out. And, um, you know, that's why I'm kind of hoping that they're they're They have somebody who kind of sticks around them a little bit to, to push them. In what do you mean? Another, by that? In, ter- in terms of like another. Oh, team. yes. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Because like, like the Panthers being on their yeah. tail. Right, like if we've seen other teams, um, like who have cleared the regular season standings, like the Lightning and and teams like that, who don't really face adversity during the regular season, and then the playoffs hit, and then they immediately kind of flame out. So, um, yeah, I just I kind of want the Bruins to to have somebody on their heels and to be pushing them during the regular season's games one through eighty two. I I'm with you on that. I've you know this whole season, I don't you know no one thought it would be a cakewalk. But looking back at it's funny, like you look back to last year and it's like the vibes around that team were so good and they were just they had no holes. Everything was short up. And so it was like, all right, well, if you're not going to play any competitive games in March and April, 
So what? You know, we know you know how you know how to win. You've got all the pieces. You went out at the deadline and and got two of the biggest fish there were. It might be Bergeron and Krejci's last year. Like this is all setting up to be a storybook ending, and obviously it was the far the furthest thing from it. And now, obviously, different story this season with different roster, but they're having similar ish success. But they're also facing adversity now. Before we get to the rest of this conversation, a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up, and there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. Now, the app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. So all this kind of hits a, an interesting thing that I think everyone's going to be getting, you know, talking point that everybody's going to be hitting at in the next couple of weeks is the trade deadline. Um, what does this team do? What should they do? Um, to me, looking at Montgomery sending down Low Ryan Beecher, obviously, you know they don't have to clear waivers, so that's a big that's a big bump. But you look at the fourth line right now with guys like Boquist and Heinen on it, and you're going for more of a veteran look, which means you're definitely planning on contending instead of playing younger guys down there and things like that. When it comes to the deadline, though, obviously this team uh, is not stocked with first round picks or even second-round picks. Um, what do you think the Bruins should do at this deadline? Um, I mean, it obviously depends on what's out there. Like, if you can go and make a compelling run for a guy like Lindholm, like, that would be, you know, that would be awesome. Do I think that that's necessarily a, you know, a real viable option. Do I think that they're going to be able to outbid some of the other teams that are making a, making a play for a guy like that? 
Maybe not. And I, I think that, like, if you're the Bruins, you can only go in at the deadline so many times. This yeah. year, though, like, this year does feel like you kind of owe it to yourself to once again go for it because of, like, the the roster situation and kind of the, the one-year bets that you got on some of these guys. And, and you know, you, you're going to have to transition to a bigger picture at some point. Um, but, you know, I would like to see them go for it. And whether that means like getting a big splash or whether that means solidifying the back end, either one of those would be fine with me. I do think they definitely need to solidify the depth. I think you've seen too many times this year where Jim Montgomery has shortened his bench like crazy towards the end of games. And I think that's cost them. I think this cost them several games where they've just been running out like three lines, two lines and guys have gotten gassed and they've just run out of steam at the end of games. Um, so like, I would like to see them reinforce that back end. And I know in the playoffs, you typically only, you can get away with running two pairs for a good portion of the playoffs, but I, I, I would like to see like, no disrespect to Parker Watherspoon, but like if, if he's on a playoff roster and his playoff starting lineup, probably not going to feel amazing about it. Um, like he's, he's had strides, um, recently but i do think i would like to see some some extra bodies added to to the blue line because i mean like if somebody goes down in a playoff run you're kind of screwed so like yeah i I would like to see some some bodies uh added and that doesn't necessarily mean like a big splash but i think they need to reinforce yeah i watherspoon i've i've liked i've thought he's acclimated well i know he's not i kind of i've liked him at points i'll say that but there's been points where i certainly haven't i i i think he's a fine seventh defenseman heading into the playoffs well that's That's what i mean like if he yeah he's in your starting lineup i'm not oh yes yeah Yeah. and but you know i'm curious to see kind of how he progresses um i think he's done his job uh so far um Mm -hmm. reminds me a little bit of matt bartkowski um hopefully a little bit higher of a ceiling but still never forget matt bartkowski's Goal he scored in like his first game in the playoffs where he went through his legs against the Maple Leafs. That was pretty cool. The best. Um, That was the start of like when he was like, all right, the Bruins are going to own the Leafs for quite a while here. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with you. I think some depth on the back end would help. Um, You look at, you know, uh, right now, obviously, you got McAvoy and Lindholm and Grizzlick and Carlo. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, what's what are you going to do with Grizzlick? I think, you know, with this team turning into a cup contender. You know, a team that has real expectations, not just a, you know, kind of team that's in purgatory where they're kind of letting young kids play and figuring out where they are. Um, I think the page has somewhat turned. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think just judging where they're at, I think the page has turned on potentially trading a guy like Grizzlick at the deadline or DeBrusque for draft picks. Um, I don't think, you know, maybe you package them, again, maybe to get a Lindholm. I don't know how that gets it done. But if in some weird way, Grizzly could be packaged for a guy like Lindholm and save you like a pick, then maybe that's what you do. But I I don't see them dealing either of those guys yet. I feel like they're, I feel like they're going to kind of go the Tory Krug route with both of those guys in the sense that they're just going to kind of let them play out the season and see what happens come the off season with, with contract stuff. And I think with like DeBrusque, I mean, if you tr- like, if you went out and traded DeBrusque right now, I know he's been hot the last couple games, but you're selling low for a former first round pick for a top six forward who should be getting you 25 to 30 goals. You're not getting anywhere close to what he 
would have gotten, let's say, a couple months ago, maybe the real return on him is you let him continue to figure it out in the top six and be a valuable contributor for you down the stretch. I know that doesn't answer what they should do with the deadline, but it shows maybe what they shouldn't do, which is rush off and trade guys like DeBrusque or Grizzly. Even though, like, all season I've been like, if you can get picks for them, do it. I want to restock the picks. I want them to uh, look I towards disagree. the future a little bit. I would but, go strongly against that. I think you owe it to this what? team against against like stripping away any of the pieces of this team for picks. Like I'm, I'm not. Oh, I'm not saying I'm. I'm not saying that they should do that. I'm saying I used to think they should do that. But oh, now right. because yeah. they're a cup contender, yeah. they, okay. there's no reason to do it now. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's that's off the table. Uh, I think like more more likely. Well, that's than my guy, point. Is that that's my point? Is this off the table because they've they've gotten they're yeah. too good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that I think that it is, and you know, more likely than a guy like Lindholm, a guy that I'm keeping an eye on, um, that I would I would like to see in Boston is a guy like Adam Henrique. Like he's not going to cost Ooh. you nearly as much. He's playing for a, you know a, a bad Ducks team. Like he's uh, from all from everything I've heard about that guy, like very good in the room, good leader, like uh, has some flexibility in the lineup, and is a guy that you can slot in on a contending team. And like might be like one of those under the radar kind of middle six depth ads, and and that like really really helps your team and the makeup of your team. So that might be the most realistic in terms yeah. of big fish, where you're not going to be able to go out and get a Lindholm. And if you can, great. Like if you can get a Lindholm and sign him long term, awesome, right? Like no one's really going to have any uh, uh, you know issue with that. Um, but if you go out and give up legitimate assets for a one-year rental then i think there are problems with that i think i'm with you you got to go out and get someone who you can try to retain um henrique's an interesting one though because there is that element another anaheim guy bruins just love they love trading with anaheim <laughs> it's it's their their best friends do you see erhovac and einen had his first nhl yes. goal finally hilarious first <laughs> nhl goal after the after how long it took him to get on the board a little like Essentially, just a dump at the net from the goal line goes off the goalie's back skate and in. Like uh, at that point, you're just like, whatever, I'll take it. Just give me a goal. Fine, just get me on the board. You know, I, I love how it's like, you know, you try so hard for you know sifting shots through from the point. You know, getting close to the net, dropping into the slot, all that stuff, and it's the shot from the corner that you know pinballs off the goalie and goes in. So um, anyways, uh, before we get to the rest of the conversation, a quick word from HelloFresh. So you hit it with the Henrik thing. I think to me, that is the biggest need with this team. Depth on the back end is also a need. I'm not saying it isn't. But if you can go out and get a middle six forward, I'm trying to be realistic here. Obviously, a Lindholm helps. But if you can go out and get a middle six forward who veteran guy like a Henrik who can come in you're not going to have to give up a ton for. I'm for that. Like, that, I think, is reinforcements that help you. Um, I I mean, to me, and, and we'll get into the goaltending right now, playoff-wise, A, I want to see them use the tandem. I've said this they all will. along. I want to see, and they will, exactly. That's another thing Felger's been going on and on about is uh, the, the, the tandem, right? Um, I want to see them do that. And I want to see Coyle and Zaka down the middle as a one and two centers if you if you again if a Lindholm thing doesn't work out because I I just Coyle's playing too well Zaka's playing well he had a really nice pass a great pass to Frederick on that goal on um on Thursday night um I want to see them I want to see it work I want to see those two in action and elevated roles doing their thing 
And uh, I, to me, like, I just a, a reinforcement in the middle. Do you have any other names trade deadline wise that you would want them to go after? Uh, I mean, like, I haven't poured over the list all that because I have but... I haven't poured over the list either. So yeah. I was curious because because I was curious if you had any other people aside from Henrique. No, I, mean, I Henrique was a guy that struck me early on in the season where I was like, when he was playing well, I was like, okay, this is a guy that the, that I would like to see on the Bruins or see the Bruins make a run at at the deadline, and that was like an early thing, and I still think that it makes a lot of sense. Um, like, and if you're gonna make it, another guy that I think that like if you're going to try to go make a big splash and this would be very difficult to do, obviously, but a guy like Tomas Hurdle is a guy that I wanted to see the Bruins go after when he was nearing the end of his contract with the Sharks Same a few here. years ago. Um, and then he signed that that big extension. And I was like, oh, damn, OK, that's off the table now with like the position that the Sharks are in. I don't think it's necessarily off the table. And I do think that it would make sense for the Bruins. But obviously it takes it would take a lot to make that happen. And uh, I don't necessarily see that as a realistic possibility, but just uh, that's one of the guys that like jumps to mind is like, you know, bucket list, wish list type guy. Tomas Hurdle would be very fun on the Bruins. Hurdle to me would be the top. I think Hurdle would be a great fit here. I thought that when they were, when there was all that, was that, that was the year before last yeah. um, when he signed that extension and then they fired the GM and hired Greer and I think Greer probably came in and was like, what the hell is this? Why, why would you sign him to this deal? It never made sense rebuilding? for them to give him that extension. I feel like they should have traded him. Maybe that was a bias take or whatever, but like the Sharks were not going to be competitive for most of the years of that contract. No, and I, so again, good for him for getting his bag. We're a pro getting the bag podcast, right, as I for imagine. Sure. You're probably pro getting the bag as well, but like, get it somewhere else for you know for the, if you're the Sharks, because uh, again, um, now if they draft Celebrini this year, and you've got a one-two punch for the next 15 years of Max Celebrini and Will Smith, that's not bad. That's a pretty good down the middle tandem you got there. So again, we're not Sharks beat, but little Sharks minute. Um, uh, I agree with you, though, that Hurdle would be a great addition. Uh, Goaltending-wise, um, Swayman has been kind of the go-to guy. Olmark, you know, hurt for a little bit there. Uh, Olmark got the start against Montreal, but Swayman's got the majority of the starts recently. Uh, I know we both like the tandem. I still want, I'm not ready. I'm nowhere near ready to be like, oh, just make Swayman the guy and don't play Olmark at all. But I think Swayman is proving that he could play multiple games in a row in the playoffs and be fine. I know it's not the playoffs now, obviously, but mm. our only thing we can go off of is that he continues to play and continues to play pretty well. Um, are you getting similar feelings of like, huh, Swayman could be the guy at some point? Yeah, I mean, I think that he could be like the 1A. Like, you know, uh, mm. I think that you definitely want to have both guys in your pocket and be able to use them both. And that's always been my my – We've talked about it a lot on what chaos, like having a goalie rotation in the playoffs does not need, does not mean that you have to go away from the hot hand. You can play the hot hand and then also, you know, give that guy a break and play all market game. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean you have to rotate by going back and forth, back and forth every other game. You're not tied to one guy. You can play multiple games. So, you know, that's how, that's how I feel. I think we've seen in the past, like, the league is moving away from a one goalie league uh, in yes. most cases. Like unless yes. you have a truly elite of the elite, and I think there's maybe a handful of those guys, m maybe uh, fewer. So, Hellebuck, Soros, like it's right. a small crew, a very small crew. And uh, I think that if uh, you know if you've got the guys in in your stable 
use them. And I, I know Jim Montgomery regrets the way that he handled it last year. And so I, I will expect that he handles it differently this year. And I, I do trust Jeremy Swayman to be the guy, the 1A versus the 1B. I agree. Um, now, I want to get your take on this because this, ta- this is a take I've been throwing out there recently and I, you know, looking ahead to the offseason, which I know nobody cares about. It's January, but I think it's interesting to look ahead. Um, with Swayman's comments recently, obviously, a lot has been made of his contract arbitration hearing uh, what he'll get on his future deal and he's gonna get paid he's not taking a hometown discount he's gonna get paid as he should we're pro we're pro getting the bag we're all about getting the bag here um i remember sarah civian once i don't know i i think she said it on the podcast she was like if you can sell out that's a good thing i'm not saying swayman's selling out but like if you can sell out that means you've made it you know you sold out you you traded everything in for money so i guess we're, we're pro selling out at times too um I guess that's not a great thing to admit, but it uh, doesn't really matter. Um, Listen, money's cool. I like money. Money buys happiness. People forget <laughs> that. Money does buy happiness. I don't know so. if it buys happiness, but it, it can buy you things that make you happy. Yes. Yes, it, it can. Um, but so with uh, <laughs> with with Swayman, with, with, with the offseason, uh, do you think they're going to have to trade Olmark this offseason? Because when you look at the money, I don't know if you're going to be able to do both of them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely on the table, and I think that uh, – I, I mean, I think that if you asked even Olmark, he would be like, you know, it's I, I, I know that it, it may be a possibility. I think that he – if he would admit that he thought it was a possibility last summer. Like, you know, it just – it is what it is. It's the business. It, it comes down to – I think it's going to come down to – it's hard to answer right now because I think it's going to come down to – like how they approach the rest of the roster. Like, you know, are are they going to, um, you know, are, are they going to try to fill out this roster to remain competitive, like in, in the immediacy, you know? Or are they okay with having a bridge year? Are they okay with, I feel like this was supposed to be a bridge year. It was, in I a think lot of it was. Ways, in, in a lot of ways, and it just didn't didn't really work out that way but uh yeah i don't know like i I definitely think it's on the table i don't necessarily know what their answer is but are you do you want to pay like more than 10 million dollars for a goal for a goaltending tandem probably not no i don't think you do so i don't know like i don't know what the answer is there i I, it's gonna be this is gonna be a fascinating fascinating summer I I agree. I also look at, I think a lot's going to go down to what do they do in the playoffs, right? If you go out and you win a cup, you can it makes then it a make a lot the... easier to trade Linus Allmark. <laughs> yes. Cause it's like, all right, we, we got, you know, we've won a cup. Let's move on here. Um, now, if you're out in the first round, same thing where it's like, all right, this tandem is not working. We, we, you know, we got to stick with one guy and have a backup that like Halak that plays like 40 games or whatever and does okay. But you're not really expecting to come in much in the playoffs. Um, whereas if they go deep, like if they get to the conference final or something and they kind of just have a hiccup, they don't, you know, they just lose in seven games. It's like, it's a tougher decision. But you look and you hit it with the 10 million thing, right? Like let's say Swayman this offseason gets somewhere in the range of seven, right? That's probably what he's worth, or seven, seven and a half. Um, and then it depends on the up- length of the deal, obviously, too. Like, you know, if yes. you're going a long term deal or if you're going a one year deal, that changes the AAV. 
Yes, I just don't see him taking a one-year deal at this point. I know he's an RFA still, so yeah, he's right. A choice, but I, I, I think that he'd probably want to go long term. Um, but again, Olmark's up the next off season too. So then, Olmark has value. Olmark has, you know, I know last off season's trade uh, market wasn't great, so it wasn't really the optimal time to trade him. But if this trade market is good. Omark has a ton of value. Like we oh, yeah. mentioned, DeBrusque and Grizzlick being guys that if this if if the Bruins were a wild card team or even third in the Atlantic, and they just kind of look to be an okay playoff team, you could make the case. All right, trade DeBrusque, trade Grizzlick, get pieces back. You know, kind of retool on the fly a little bit. Um, Omark might make up for that if you traded him in the off season, where like you would get a first, a prospect. You know, like there are things, maybe you could uh, somehow, if there's a team out there that wants to give you a top six forward that you have under control for a long time. But uh, to me, I go back to what you said, where like, I don't think it's feasible to have both of those guys at, you know, all right, seven and five for next year. So that's 12 million. And then the next season you re- you bring Omar back again. Like you don't want to lose Omar in free agency because you have a trade chip. So I think depending on how this season goes, I do I think, think they're going to have to have a decision with him. I think you're willing to lose all mark in free agency if it means that, like, if you still believe in that being the biggest strength of your team and you believe that you can contend for a cup again next year. Like, I think that's okay. Um, but it's obviously you have to weigh asset management versus, like, really, really pushing in this window. And, I again, like, I think it really comes down to what you believe next year's team and the expectations are going to look like like if you don't think that you're going to be a top of the league team or that's not what you're essentially building to for that particular year then you explore asset management and uh, would it make a lot of sense for the Bruins to trade Linus Olmark in the name of asset management absolutely do you think that like do you think they would lose considerably more games if next season, let's just say they said we're gonna we're, go, we're gonna go with Swayman and Bussy, we're gonna go with those two guys. Like, do they? Are, I agree, they're not top of the NHL, hundred percent. But to me, I think they're still in the playoffs. Like, I, I don't. I, I again, it depends. Again, as you said, on the rest of the roster because they also have cap space. You know, are you are you re-signing Jake DeBrusque? Are you uh, re-signing Grizzlick? Are you going out and trading for guys? Are you signing guys? I get that, but. Let's just say they roll back the same rosters this year, right? Mm-hmm. Patra, Coyle, Zaka, you know, those guys are older. Low rise a year older. Maybe he makes the team out of camp. And you go out with Swayman and Bussy. Like, I don't know if the expectations change that much in terms of, okay, maybe they go from first to second place. But I don't, I don't think that, I don't think I would necessarily categorize that as like a bridge year. I don't, I, I think it depends, right? Like it, it it's not necessarily uh, like a, a massive drop off, but there are a big questions that you have to consider. It's like, is is this the the Jeremy Swayman that we're seeing this year? Is this the Jeremy Swayman that we can expect for many years to come? That's at fair. this level. Is Jeremy Swayman going to be the same goaltender without Linus Olmark? Um, That's fair. Both as like a uh, like a mentor, uh, like a, a best friend here. Like, uh, obviously, that doesn't necessarily mean that if you take away Linus Olmark, he takes Jeremy Swayman's powers with him. But, like, this is a proven <laughs> like, Sorry, thing. kid. See ya. It's like yeah. pulling the VCR a, out of the VCR tape. This relationship has really pushed 
Jeremy Swayman. It has really pushed Linus Olmark. They're getting the best out of each other. Uh, they clearly enjoy each other's presence and things like that. Um, you know, so does does taking away would taking away Linus Olmark have an effect on Jeremy Swayman, both from like a workload standpoint and you know, uh, like maybe a competitive standpoint, maybe a a mental standpoint. These are things that you have to consider. I'm not saying necessarily that like they will, but I think there could be a drop off. I believe you're, in Jeremy Swayman, right. but I don't. But like goaltending is very fickle too, and it is a strong mental position. And I wonder, just like what what it's going to look like when when you take away half the tandem. I agree. I think it is something you have to consider. I look at Swayman's makeup, though, and I know this is, again, this is judging from what I saw with him at Maine, how he's been in the NHL, his easygoing nature, all that stuff, where I think, okay, I think he could handle it. But you're right. It's not guaranteed. Um, it's sort of like, uh, you're, I know you're a big franchise mode guy. In mm -hmm. franchise mode, when you deal off a player and it's like, you know, you trade Jake DeBrusque for something and it's like, Charlie Coyle's morale has decreased, mm -hmm. you know, minus six or whatever. And it's like, you know, Charlie McAvoy's morale. And... I think it's the same thing if you did deal in Olmark. Like, Swain, my guess is Swayman would be heartbroken. Um, but I do think that they're going to have to make that decision. And I don't think it's going to be an easy one. But if you get a good enough package, um, I don't see a huge issue with that in the offseason, depending on how things go. If you get all the way to the conference final and it's like, all right, we needed a little more scoring. We're going to go out in the offseason. We're going to get that scoring. We're going to run it back for one more year. Fine. Like, I'm okay with that. But as I said, if they win the cup – or if they're out in the first round and it's not even close and it's like, all right, the tandem didn't even freaking work in the playoffs, I think then you have a different decision that you have to make. Um, anyways, uh, that's been this week's Bruins beat. I think we kind of hit on all the hot-button topics. Uh, we didn't get to re-signing Jake DeBrusque, but we can we can get to that a different day. That's a whole that's a whole other topic, so we can, we can save that. Um, but anyways, what can people look forward to from you with what chaos and everything going on over there? Uh, what chaos is heading to all star, uh, all star weekend next weekend. Then, uh, from there, we have a very fun week after the fact. I don't think that we've officially announced what we're doing that week, but it is going to be, you're uh, going to Mars. I'll announce it for you. Yeah, we are. Uh, Elon <laughs> is sending us to Mars. We're going to have a great time. Mars first hockey podcast. Um, we will be, I, I believe, the only hockey podcast at a uh, a certain certain event. So uh, mm. that's coming, and uh, mm. it's going to be a big few big few weeks ahead for what chaos. So uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's like the most important thing. But we're also on podcasts, uh, Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. So uh, yeah, just what chaos show on uh, on basically all of them. Before you go, one more thing, Utah. What do you think of it? Um, I don't really have strong feelings one way or another. I, I do have strong feelings against more than 32 NHL teams. I Agreed. don't want more than 32 teams. If you're going to put a team in Utah, if you're going to put a team in Atlanta, you're going to put a team in Houston, wherever you're going to try to re try to move a team, try to add a team, just relocate. Like we have some teams, not going to name any names because I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. I root for successful NHL franchises. We have some teams that maybe aren't doing amazing in their in their market so consider relocation rather than expansion i agree i you don't need 33 nhl teams because if I'm you sorry. hit 33 you gotta hit 34 yes like, yep you do and then you just get too big you see yeah. this with a lot of junior leagues too they have a million teams 
and it gets completely watered down. I know it's junior hockey still, but like with the NHL, I mean, there are teams right now in the league where it's like, I mean, this is a, I mean, you watch, I, you watch every team you watch, you know, every night you get the million screens set up. I don't know how you do it, but you do it. You've, you've perfected the art of it. But, like, watching the Sharks or the Blackhawks right now sucks. Now, I know they're rebuilding, but there is there are so few just marketable players on those rosters. Players that you even want to watch. And I take I say that knowing Connor Bedard, Connor Bedard is out. So, again, Connor mm-hmm. Bedard's in. It's a different story. But, like, there's just nothing to watch with those teams. And now you're going to spread the talent you, thinner. Yeah, I disagree. You watch the, the, the Chicago Blackhawks are so bad, it's fascinating. Like, All right, they, that's fair. They have... A an AHL team playing at the NHL level, and it's it's amazing to watch that that team is so bad, terrible. Thank God terrible. for Peter Mrazek because Peter Mrazek has been awesome behind a team that has not been awesome. Although I will say, and not to get into to, too much Blackhawks talk, but like after <laughs> losing Connor Bedard, they really have become a much better defensive team, just in terms of knowing that. Like, hey, we probably can't score. Let's not <laughs> let's not get blown out like seven to nothing. And so they're just losing a lot of games like two to one, one to nothing, things like that. So good for them, I guess. Yeah, they'll get another high draft pick. So uh but yeah, Utah, I saw you had a good one. Did you say the Salt Lake City Soakers? Is that what yeah. you said the team should yeah. be? I agree. Yeah. Salt Lake can... City Soakers would be a hilarious name. I can get down with that. Soak the, City was thrown out there as like a, a nickname for like an alternate jersey. A Soak City jersey would go so hard. Crazy. It would be so good. And just like if the whole arena was themed with just like, you know, not soaking, I, but like. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, I'm like, down with being a soaking theme. They should have a uh, they should have a Mormon mascot that jumps on a trampoline and and call him like the humper jumper. Which <laughs> I could work. The, the, yeah, it's, it's a bed, you know. He's jumping all <laughs> yeah. over it. I guess it's a you trampoline really bed. Hell yeah, get into yeah. it. Uh, I, I agree. I think there's a lot you could do there. Uh, hopefully, the, the people out there could be, you know, they're good sports about it. Go for it. Um, but they're gonna choose. The Jazz are boring. They're gonna choose a boring name, and they're gonna be a boring thing. You know, I mean, they're gonna have. You know, the Kraken and the Golden Knights have made it work. But those are also very different markets. And, you know, Vegas is Vegas and Seattle kind of went the cool, you know, hipster route. And like, what's Utah going to do? I, I don't know. Well, the one so. thing I'll say about Utah is that there's not much to do in Utah. The no, team. there isn't. I was in so, Salt Lake a couple of years ago. And outside of skiing, there is not a heck of a lot out there. So I, I think that like the team would do well. They would, you know, the, the attendance would be good. The support would be good. But as far as, like, would it be the most fun market I've ever seen in my life? Probably not. No, I agree with you. But, hey, if I can go out there, cover a game, and then drive 30 minutes to Park City to ski, I'm okay with that. I can I can make that work. Um, anyways, that's Pete Blackburn. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Burns Beat listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Teenage.